What a glorious day it is to be in the house of God today and to worship together. We're glad you're here. If you're visiting with us today, welcome to Bowen Springs Baptist Church. I want to ask everyone if you'll take your bulletin. First things first, let's go ahead and tear off that tab on the side. Everybody, let's hear them. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we would ask you to fill this out on the welcome side and take it back to the welcome desk on your way out this morning. We have a gift that we'll give you. Please fill that out so that we can get to know you and set up an opportunity for uh, you to get to know us. We will be having another starting point, which will be the Sunday morning of March the 20th. So um, if you're visiting with us and you want to know more about us in that capacity, we would love to be able to have you meet our staff and get to know us that morning, March the 20th at 945 in the Fellowship Hall. On the back side of that for all of us, is a prayer request form. We would ask you to fill that out and drop it off in the offering plate as it comes by. Also, if there are care needs, someone in your family, someone in your community um, that needs prayer, needs a phone call, needs encouragement, needs a card, please fill that out so we can get that information to the care ministry. I know that they would want to, to be able to do that. On, on a word of that, I would encourage you that if you are on a care team and haven't been active with your team, uh, your team misses you. But if you uh, have not ever been on a team, I would encourage you on Wednesday evenings at 5.15 to meet in the care room, which is just off of the lighthouse room, and join a team. C-A-R-E, whichever one of those teams you want to meet on, it's, it's up to you, but I would encourage you to pray about that and, and be a part of that great ministry. Um, on the inside of your bulletin, I would uh, ask you to just... Um, Make sure that you read about the flowers. I know that's a special thing. And on the back, tonight will be our final spiritual growth session, and we will have Dr. Linda Green with us, none other than our very own Dr. Linda Green, who will be sharing uh, about positive psychology and wellness. And this has been a great series for us, and I know that those who have been in attendance have uh, gathered a great deal, and so I know you'll want to be here for that as well. You'll see the opportunities for um, service during the week, announcement for the youth at the bottom about casual deposits and whatnot, lots of things going on. Easter activities are posted, so you know what's going on during the Easter season. So let's continue to worship this morning. Good morning. This month is our missions emphasis for North America. We have two ways of giving. The first one you will have in flyers of information that are in your insert today. That's the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship Global Missions. And the second way is the Annie Armstrong um, Easter offering. That's the Southern Baptist Convention. Last week, Doug Bryan mentioned the Roma Ministry, and that's where he is this week, and the Ruth School where he and Carolyn Gordon took some students, nursing students, and did work. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship Funds assist literacy missions with needed curriculum. They serve the neglected. That means the most marginalized and the least evangelized groups of people on the earth. And they do that through mission trip opportunities for career and for volunteer missions. And they support field personnel through encouragement and providing supplies that are needed. 
The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a Christian network comprised of individuals and churches that work together to share the hope of Christ, encouraging autonomy of the local church while inviting collaboration. Their goal this year, the goal set by CBF this year for this offering is $4.8 million. The North American Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention uses 100% of the Annie Armstrong Easter offering to meet the needs of missions in the United States and our physical neighbors on uh, the North American continent. There are 259 million people without a personal relationship with God. That is 71% of the population of North America without a personal relationship with God. The emphasis this year in 32 large metropolitan areas, church planting, church planting. In 1895, Annie Armstrong requested Women's Missionary Union to supply $5,000 toward the $25,000 debt of the Home Mission Board. Each year since then, the offering name for Annie Armstrong has continued to increase in amount. This year's amount is $70 million. Our goal, this local church goal, is $8,200. $8,200. Thank you for praying about and deciding on an amount you can give. We'll look forward to that in-gathering on the last Sunday of this month. Thank you so much.
Thank you for that beautiful reminder of why we do sing and why we can be happy today that God's eye is on us, just like on the sparrow. Um, as we think about that, please stand and we will sing above all. You'll find the words to this song in your bulletin. Please stand.
invite the children to come forward. Good morning. How are all of y'all today? Today is like a fresh breath of spring, isn't it? We hope it lasts, don't we? Tired of all this cold weather early in the morning. I have a book here, and it says, Touch and Feel Pets. How many of you have a pet? What do you have, Ryder? You have a dog. What's that dog's name? Jinx. Anybody else? Rylan, do you have a pet? What's its name? Ella. Wow. Okay, Luke. And what's its name? Caroline. Caroline or Carolina? Thank you, Wesley. It's not named for you. Thank you. (laughs) Braden, what have you got? A dog. A dog. And what's its name? Allie. Allie. Well, all of you that have pets, do you take responsibility for that pet? You do. That's a big response. Luke says maybe, maybe not. Kind of sometimes. Just depends on whether you want to do something else, doesn't it? Well, it's a big responsibility to take care of a pet. You have to be sure they're fed. You have to be sure that they're in where they're supposed to be. Now, I have one too. And she's cantankerous sometimes. She's an inside dog. But she sort of loves me more than she loves everybody else. But she's a big responsibility. Because when I open the door in the morning and let her out, I have to be sure she comes back. And our story, our scripture today, that Pastor Keith is going to talk about, comes from John chapter 10, verse 14. And it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. They know me just as the Father knows me. And I know the Father, and I give my life for my sheep. Jesus was a shepherd. Jesus had the responsibility of taking care of the sheep. But Jesus' biggest responsibility was taking care of us. We are like his sheep. He protects us every day. He makes sure that we have everything that we need. He watches over us. And when we're in trouble or we need him, all we have to do is talk to him. And he'll take care of us. So he's like our big shepherd. It's his responsibility to take care of us, just like it's your responsibility and my responsibility to take care of my pet. So just remember when you need to be out doing something and taking care of your pet, Jesus is helping take care of you. And he doesn't forget his responsibility. He's always there watching over us. Can we do that this week? Yes. Before we go, I want to remind parents, the children will be in the Kerygma room instead of in the fellowship hall today, and I hope that you will join us for pizzas after lunch. Let us pray. Jesus, you are our shepherd. You are our good shepherd.
you take care of us every day. And Lord, these children are so special that we thank you for sharing them with us and using us to help take care of them. Lord, thank you for this beautiful spring day. It lets us know that there's a new season ahead and that your rebirth in the life of our land. Thank you for being here with with us this day and keep us safe. It's in your son's name. Amen.
Good morning. Before I pray this morning, I want to mention just a couple things uh, quickly. Uh, one is many of you are aware of our ministry here at the church called our care ministry. Uh, Christians actively reaching everyone, I believe, is uh, the right uh, definition for those acronyms or for those letters. But uh, many of you are involved in care, and some of you may be interested in becoming involved in care. As our focus this morning is on Jesus' words when he said, I am the good shepherd. Uh, one of the ways that we care for our own and care and love for our community is through our care ministry. And if you are uh, wanting to be involved in that, wanting to learn more about that, they, a large part of what they do is stay in touch with the people who have different needs within our church and within our community. But it's also uh, time for us to make phone calls or even a visit uh, towards those who may have visited the church or uh, maybe just need some contact from a church member. And so if you're here today and you're not currently plugged into care ministry but would like to, to talk with someone, there are names on your bulletin insert this morning uh, of individuals, uh, Terry Hamrick, Nancy Blaylock, Gail Hamrick, Heidi Dobbins, and Ted Days. And you can speak with one of these individuals uh, or you can speak with me after church today. We'd love to get you plugged into one of these groups. Um, pray for the staff tomorrow. We'll be heading to, um, heading to Lake James for a staff retreat, for a day-long staff retreat. So you pray. Maybe pray for the staff, but pray for me too. Um, but pray for all of us as we go away for some time of just uh, you know, strengthening our uh, working relationships with one another and uh, as we think about these next several months for, for our church family. My heart is heavy this morning for... Um, <clears throat> Uh, uh, some individuals that have passed. Many of you know Evelyn Allen, what a pillar she was here in our community, and her funeral will be uh, here today uh, in the sanctuary at 2 o'clock, uh, visitation at 1 in the Life Enrichment Center, so be mindful of that. But also this morning, some of you may have seen this uh, if you're on Facebook, but uh, my youth minister and now pastor at College Park Baptist in Winston-Salem, we're both from Hendersonville, but uh, his son was uh, in his young 20s but passed away suddenly yesterday. And uh, that is all I know at this point, but for those of us who are within that community and, and know of him and his family, his, uh, the father's name is Raymond Smith, and uh, his uh, son passed away suddenly yesterday. And we don't know any details about this, but it is just absolutely heartbreaking uh, for those of us who know him and, and certainly, you know, just devastating news for me. Um, and so please be in prayer for that family. I would greatly appreciate it. As we pray this morning, I'm going to ask you to, to pray along with me. You don't have this as an insert in your bulletin or anything, but um, in my prayer, you'll hear me, hear me say the words, remind us of your words when you said. And so after I say the word said, I invite you to say with me, I am the good shepherd. So when you hear me say, uh, you know, remind me of your words when you said in my prayer, please join me in saying, I am the good shepherd. Let's pray together this morning. God, we're grateful for another opportunity to worship together as your people. We confess this morning that we are a lot like sheep. We're prone to wonder. We allow the voices of others, of society, of Hollywood, or and at times even our friends who mean well to lead us away from your path. So God, today remind us of your words when you said, I am the good shepherd. God, when we are tempted to stray from you and to try and make it on our own, to do things our own way, teach us once again to look to you. You never leave us. You never forsake us. As Isaiah wrote, you gather us as lambs in your arms and carry us close to your heart. Remind us of your words when you said, I am the good shepherd. God, may your shepherding presence comfort the heart of those dealing with loss of a loved one today. Bless and comfort the family of Evelyn Allen. 
a former youth minister, Raymond Smith, in the sudden passing of his son. Be close to those who are receiving treatments for disease, those who are recovering from surgery, and those who are simply dealing with sickness. Remind them today of your words when you said, I am the good shepherd. For those who serve and minister in difficult places, both here in the States and around the world, bless them this day with provision, with protection, and fruitful ministries. May they be reminded of your words that you said, I am the good shepherd. During our time this morning, help us to see the ways you care for us and move us to follow you by showing the same care to those around us. Help us to follow you as the good shepherd. Thank you for being the good shepherd that laid down your life for us, your sheep. We commit our lives to you this morning. Bless now this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our offertory hymn is hymn number 68, My Shepherd Will Supply My Need. This hymn is based on one of the most familiar passages in Scripture to us, the 23rd Psalm. And I, I invite you, as, as uh, before we sing this, to, to ponder the words, especially to the third verse. The sure provisions of my God attend me all my days. O oh, may thy house be my abode, and all my work be praise. There would I find a settled rest, while others go and come. No more a stranger, nor a guest, but like a child at home. Please stand as we sing hymn number 68.
Uh, I was asked by Alan to do the offertory prayer Friday, and my first initial thought was, oh gosh, somebody's tipped them off that in the, off, or in the balcony we don't exactly put 20 ins every week. <laughs> and he's trying to convict me in front of the whole church, but um, I guess I'm going to go with it anyway, but let us pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you humble today, and thank you for this, just, uh, just the ability to let us give. We ask that we wouldn't just give with our money, but with our times and our hearts to honor and glorify your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. would invite you to follow along with me, uh, whether it be on your Bible or on your phone or your tablet or whatever it is that you may have, or invite you to sit in your pew and reflect on the words that we read from our scriptures this morning. Today I will be reading from the Gospel of John in the 10th chapter, 
starting with verse 1 and reading through verse 18. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. May God bless the reading, the hearing, and the reflecting of his word.
Amen. Thank you, choir. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to keep them open to John chapter 10 this morning. Last week, we began a new sermon series. I simply titled it, Jesus According to Jesus. Who did Jesus say that he was? What did Jesus say about himself? And so as we lead into Easter Sunday, we'll be looking at the I Am Sayings of Christ. And last week, we had a fun time looking at uh, Jesus' words when he said, I am the light of the world. We, uh, some accuse us maybe of getting a little rowdy last week, but uh, it was a good time. And so today, we're going to be looking at the words of Jesus when he said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. We need a good shepherd today, don't we? I don't know if you remember the name Lloyd Douglas. He's an author. But when Lloyd Douglas was in college, he uh, uh, had room and board at at a boarding house. And on the bottom floor of that boarding house was a retired music professor. He was an older man, and um, Lloyd Douglas would stick his head in his room each day as he kept the door cracked there, that this professor did, and he said, what's the good news? And he would have his tuning fork, and he would tap it on the side of his chair, and he would say, that, my friend, is middle C. That was middle C yesterday, it's middle C today, and a hundred years from now, it'll still be middle C He said, the tenor upstairs is flat, and the piano across the hall is out of tune, but that, my friend, is middle C. You and I need a middle C in our culture today, don't we? We have voices competing for our attention on the news and through debates and through um, culture, whether it's Hollywood, entertainment. We're searching for a middle C. We need an unchanging shepherd Not only an unchanging shepherd, but an unchanging good shepherd in the midst of our world today. We're oftentimes disappointed by those whom we admire and look up to. Uh, You know, we we are impressed with someone only later to be let down because of a personal failure or whatever it may be. But our society and our culture today is longing for the good, a good and unchanging shepherd. And according to David in Psalm 23, and according to Jesus' own words in John 10... We have one. The Lord is your shepherd. He is our middle C. There are so many words that can be used to describe our Savior. We, you know, we could use words like King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Messiah. Um, you know, Jesus himself again said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine, uh, Jehovah God. I mean, we, could, we could come up with all these different names. But the one that I've settled with today and the one that in my own spirit that I think best describes our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and one of my favorite uh, ways of thinking about Christ, especially as a pastor, I guess, is that of a good shepherd. The word here that Jesus has used when it says good, he says, I am the good shepherd. The word good here means fair. Some say it actually means more than true. More than good in the sense of being morally excellent, and beautiful, beautiful, noble. John uses the word in John 2 when he speaks of the good wine. He also, he also uses it in John 10, 14 and John 10, 32 and 33. I know of no other image of Christ that has so deeply impressed itself upon the mind of the church as this idea of Jesus as the good shepherd. We find, we find depictions and descriptions of Jesus as a good shepherd in the earliest forms of Christian literature and art. It goes back centuries, this idea of Jesus being the good shepherd. We see this image throughout the Old Testament. It's portrayed in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What a comforting and reassuring passage 
Psalm 23 is. In Ezekiel 34, we, uh, we know of uh, Ezekiel talking about Israel's false shepherds. Many other references in Psalms. In Psalms. In Luke 15, we see of the 99 sheep. And Jesus leaving the 99 and going after the one lost sheep. In John 10 here, Christ refers to himself as the good shepherd and to us as the sheep. If you add in words like ram and lamb, there are over 500 references to sheep in the Bible. More notable references include Isaiah 40, verse 11, which he says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Again, he gently leads those that have young. Other examples of the good shepherds we see in Exodus is the Passover lamb. We know of David taking uh, from herding his father's sheep and being anointed to be the king of Israel. Moses spent 40 years as a shepherd tending the flocks with his father-in-law Jethro before being called through a burning bush to shepherd a different flock. This understanding of sheep and the meaning behind sacrifice makes the words of John the Baptist regarding Jesus that much more meaningful when he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Many of you who have grown up in church know that there are many similarities and we've often been referred to as sheep. And mainly that along the lines of, you know, sheep were were kind of at times they don't have a clue what's going on. We don't have a clue what's going on. But I would venture to say that one of the greatest similarities is the fact that sheep are defenseless. Um, They are defenseless creatures. They don't have some of the other defense mechanisms that other animals have in them. And you and I are often prone uh, to danger and to, to many of the things that might harm a sheep may also harm us. Sheep are fearful, as you and I often are. Easy prey for coyotes and other wild animals. We may be as well sometimes. Sheep are timid, needy, stubborn, greedy. They get full and sit down and rest, just like many of us may do this afternoon. Yet despite all these characteristics, Christ chooses us and calls us by name. He makes us his own and delights in caring for us. He is forever laying himself out for us despite our willful disobedience. He knows this, and yet he continues to act in a way that has our best interest at heart. This is simply amazing. Last week I asked the question, if we learn something unique from from each of Jesus' I am sayings, then what do we learn from Jesus when he said, I am the good shepherd? The first thing we learn is that Jesus loves his sheep. We know this by the care that he provides for his sheep. In the words in, in verse 11 and 15 of John 10, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus loves us, his sheep. He also protects his sheep. One function of the door that John references, I mean, that, yeah, that John references Jesus' words here in John 10, one reference to the door here, when the sheep are in the fold, now let me explain to you, when all these different shepherds have their, 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 um, uh, their, their sheep out in the fields, they will bring them in to a certain place, and it's called a fold, uh, which will have brick walls around it, and some may, you know, be uh, so high, and then others may be, you know, very much higher. So, so when it talks about this idea that the, the sheep, the shepherd, is the door for the sheep. You know, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he comes over the wall, as John references here, or as Jesus does in John 10. But Jesus refers to himself as being the door, the gate for the sheep. The sheep, when they are in that fold, are protected from harm. They can rest. Maybe when they're out in the fields, they have to keep a constant eye as, as well as the shepherd. So not only the sheep, but also the shepherd can rest when the sheep 
are in the fold. And what I love about this as well is that it speaks of uh, the fact that when it's time for the sheep, they can't stay in the fold, but when it's time to go back out in the field, the shepherd can simply call or make the sound, whatever he would make, whatever the sheep have become accustomed to, and those sheep that are his, even though they're in there with other sheep, will begin to follow their shepherd. So he protects us. Not only does he, does he protect them when they're in the fold, but he's, he goes ahead of them into the fields, digging up poisonous plants where they may uh, graze. He has placed oil on their heads to help them with the bugs and the gnats and the flies that can irritate sheep. Because of this protection and care, they trust and will walk with and follow the shepherd. But not only does he protect them, but as a result of this relationship, he simply he knows his sheep. In verse 14, he says, I know my own and my own know me. The shepherd has an intimate knowledge of his sheep. As I referenced the voice earlier, uh, I noticed as I've come into Boiling Springs that uh, when, I first, when I first get on the phone, I, don't, I do this less and less now with many of you, but if it's somebody I don't talk to that often, I'll say, hey, this is Pastor Keith from Boiling Springs. And if you can't hear well, I'll say it a little bit louder. But, um, but I, I'm finding out that I'm needing to do that less and less. I can just call somebody and say, hey, and, and almost begin the conversation. The more I get to know you and the more you get to know me, the less of an introduction we need. And we see this here. Jesus knows. He has an intimate relationship with his sheep. They begin to recognize him, and he knows them each in their own unique way. Our shepherd has an intimate knowledge of his sheep. Just like we as sheep uh, are not the same, our ownership is the same. The shepherd has a unique relationship with each of us. God reminds us here of his care for individual souls. He never mistakes one of us for another, nor does he lump us all together. He also gathers his sheep. Jeremiah 31.10 says, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare in the coastlands far off, and say, He who scatters Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. The last thing we learn that's unique to Jesus' I am the good shepherd is that he guides his sheep. Aren't we in need of this today in our world and in our time? We're looking for someone to follow. We're looking for a guide. Verse 4, the good shepherd, it says, leads his sheep out by name and they follow him. People, God does this uh, to each of us uh, as well. He leads us out of these walls to be the church. He lead, we can't stay in the fold. Just like the sheep come into the fold for rest, we come into the church for uh, encouragement, for growth, to be challenged. But you and I aren't called to stay here in the fold. We're called to go out into the fields. And in those fields, there will be risk and there will be danger. But yet we are called to go. We as a church cannot stay comfortably behind these walls. We must go out of the pew and take risks knowing that our good shepherd is with us. There's a teaching pastor many years ago that um, uh, did a series of videos, DVDs, that many youth groups used called NUMA DVDs. And uh, as this teaching pastor, he would often walk around, you know, in the environment that he was teaching and to get his point across. And he talks about he was, he was walking around a lake with his one-year-old son named Trace. It was a beautiful day, but what can happen on a spring, summer day uh, when it's beautiful and the humidity begins to increase, storms come up. He's walking around the lake with his one-year-old son, Trace, and he's got him in, in, a, in a backpack, 
you know, one of these things that uh, I, don't, I don't think we ever had one for Aiden, but I, I wanted one. But you, you put him in the back back there. What he didn't realize is that as the rain dropped, you know, the clouds started getting a little bit darker and the rain just gradually started falling a little bit. And what he didn't realize is that Trace's little hat had, that he had on his head back there had fallen off. And so the raindrops were hitting him on his head. And he realized quickly that he needed to get out of the woods. He was about halfway around the lake as he was walking around in the woods with Trace. And uh, the rain just began to come down hard. The storm clouds became darker and the thunder and the lightning increased. And before he knew it, Trace and, and uh, his dad were in a situation that they were trying to get out of as quickly as possible. And Trace's little whimpers and little cries began to go to a full-blown scream. He just began screaming and crying out. He took him out of the backpack and put him under, and then he realized the hat had come off. He put him under his coat. And he said, what Trace didn't know is he said that as his father, I would do anything to get Trace out of this situation right now. And he said, what I kept whispering to him as we were walking back in the pouring down rain and the thunder and lightning, he said, I kept uh, reaching down under my coat and whispering directly into his ear, Daddy loves you. Daddy knows the way home. It's going to be okay. Some of you, as I look out across this congregation today, have experienced loss. Some of you have experienced heartache. Some of you are going through difficulties in your families. Some of you are in need of guidance with decisions that need to be made in your future. I want you to think of yourself as Trace and the Father putting you into his coat, into his, into his chest and bringing you close and hearing his words say, I love you. Daddy knows the way home. Everything's going to be okay. Have you put your faith in the good shepherd today? Are you following and are you listening to the voice of the good shepherd? He's calling us today. How will we respond? Father, thank you for being our good shepherd. Thank you for laying down your sinless, perfect life as the sacrificial lamb of God. Thank you for holding us close. Father, we hear your voice today. And it says, I love you to your children. It says that you know the way home and everything's going to be okay. Father, help us to look to you and help us to trust you. Father, it's difficult. We love being in the fold. We love being within these walls. But as we go outside of these walls today, we need to hear that voice of the good shepherd. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is hymn number 276, O Jesus, I Have Promised. Please stand as we sing.
ask you to be seated for just one moment. Wesley has a word for us before we leave today. We're going to stick to the script, okay, so I can do this. Dear church family, it's really hard for me to put into words how God has been at work in the last month. I've seen God open doors, close doors, and show up in my life and in the lives of many others. I love seeing God at work. It's such a blessing. This letter is to inform you that I'm resigning my position as minister to adults. God has led my family and I to a new ministry opportunity. Beginning April 1st, 2016, I will be the Associational Missionary for the Greater Cleveland County Baptist Association. As I embark on this transition, I am nervous, scared, sad, and excited all at the same time. This church family means so much to me. You have been an integral part in my ministry growth. We have shared in many life experiences. We have laughed together, cried together, prayed together, and rejoiced together. The relationships God has allowed us to make are invaluable. It has been my privilege to serve the Lord with you. I am very thankful for each of you. I covet your prayers as we begin this new adventure. Know that I will be praying for you as well. My last day with you will be Friday, March the 18th, 2016. In Christ, Wesley Smith. Thank you. Call the church to order for a call church conference. We do have a quorum present. Do I hear a motion that we accept Wesley's resignation? Second. All in favor, amen. Amen. Thank you. Next Sunday, which is the 13th, we will have a reception uh, for Wesley and his family, of course, in the fellowship hall, and I believe the hours are 2 to 3.30. So please be prepared to come and show your appreciation to them then. I encourage you to be in prayer for Wesley. Um, I'm not sure if he's still here or not. You may have that opportunity to speak with him today, uh, but I know he would continue to covet your prayers. Uh, this has been something that uh, he has been praying about uh, for some time, and he and I have been having conversations, and uh, I know that he will very much uh, covet your prayers and the personnel uh, committee and I would as well as we begin to think about uh, how to uh, go about uh, the staffing uh, situation here as well. And pray for our staff tomorrow as we have a retreat uh, throughout the day tomorrow. We look forward to that time. Let's stand now and the benediction is in your bulletin and let's sing that together. <laughs>